News Network. More violence, more threats, more intimidation, more price increases, shortages, spiking taxes, and our leaders are swimming in lies. You need real clarity. You need the truth. This is TNN, the Truth News Network. And your leader is Dan Newman. Plenty of truth to go around, folks. We just have to find it. Dig every day. That's what we do here, and I know that's what you're doing. And there's so many different elements in this quest for truth that every day it just seems like the entire landscape of it all changes. It's like when you almost get it figured out and then the target moves. It's like it's moving purposefully. And then you begin to ask the questions, well, is it really moving? And then if you get an answer and your answer is yes, well, who's behind the moves? (laughs) I think we all know at least to some degree who those people are. And they pretty much all seem to reside in places like uh, Washington, D.C. and northern Missouri. Did I say Missouri? (laughs) Northern Virginia. I kind of missed that one a little bit, huh? Just call me Uncle Joe, Sleepy Joe. I haven't had my sippy cup of warm milk this morning yet. Wow. We have a huge show today. Absolutely monstrous. Joining us at the bottom of this hour, that guest contributor that you've seen for months now, Kelly Nelson. Kelly Nelson will be joining us live the last couple of days. As a matter of fact, two days in a row, she contributed her latest writing about this medical debacle that we find ourselves mired in. And one thing about Kelly that she's really good at doing, and she will not write a piece unless she does it, she's a research fanatic. And isn't it kind of cool that we have people that are writing here that are professionals that have been around a long time. I mean, she's a former network television producer. She knows everybody connected with anybody in politics nationwide and around the world today, in the medical community. She is sought out for information. She's amazing, and she's joining us here this morning for about 30 minutes. Kelly Nelson, she lives in Tennessee, believe it or not, but um, she's a great writer, and everything she writes... She leaves in it all the sources where her information comes from. She's a historian, but she's going to give us a different perspective about what's happening medically in the nation today. Again, Kelly Nelson will be here at 930. But guess who's up first this morning, folks? Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. Now, I'm sure you have heard by now the uproar from Washington pointed at Tallahassee, Florida. That's where the Florida governor his office is, and President Biden went after Ron DeSantis, governor of Florida. You heard him do it, and you're going to hear a little bit from the president and what you're about to hear right here, right now. But Ron DeSantis just basically called the president of the United States out. And of course, before that happened, the president of the United States called out the governor of Florida, and also along with Ron DeSantis, Greg Abbott, the governor of Texas. There's no doubt about it, folks. There's none whatsoever. Case numbers, COVID case numbers in both of those states have risen. But let me ask you this. What's more important? Getting the flu or getting over the flu? 
Now, what are you talking about, Dan? Well, the flu is a virus, right? Yeah, and people die sometimes from really bad cases of the flu, don't they? Well, yeah. COVID-19, Dan, is not the flu. It's something way worse, no question about it, but it is a virus. And with the proper information, the proper medical care, 99% of people that get it recover. Oh, we can't talk about that. You don't know that for a fact, Dan. I heard a story pointed at the state of Texas from somebody on Capitol Hill two days ago, and it just blew my mind. It was, and I'm going to paraphrase what I heard, but it basically said, oh, these hospitals in Texas, they're flooded. There are no hospital rooms. Intensive care units taken over by COVID patients. People are dying left and right. So I picked up the phone and I called my son, who's an executive at one of the biggest hospitals in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex, a 300-plus bed hospital, so a pretty nice-sized facility. And I asked him, I said, what's going on with your census in the hospital? And he pulled it up. He didn't give me exact numbers, and I didn't ask him for exact numbers, but I said, is the the pandemic back? Is COVID-19 back? Is Dallas-Fort Worth flooded now with people in the hospital, your intensive care units just taking over? And he said, Dad, we have 34 COVID patients in the hospital, two in intensive care. I said, well, how does that compare? And he said, six months ago, when all this really got to epic proportions, we had people coming into the emergency room, no rooms to put them in when they tested positive for COVID, no ICU beds. We had people in the hallways in hospital beds. We were trying to transfer them to our other partner facilities throughout the Metroplex. There was no way to go. And I said, well, put this, what you're saying about today, put it in the context of six months ago. And he said, this is like the normal flu season here. Here's the thing, folks. People are getting COVID-19. There's no question about it. We just don't know how many of those tests are positive. And of course, nobody's talking about the fact that the CDC very subtly announced last week the PCR test that they forced everybody. This is the go-to test to find out if you're positive for COVID. The PCR test. It's not working. It's not effective. And the reason they have withdrawn their support and they're basically taking it off the market is because of, guess what? False positive results on these PCR tests. They wouldn't give us a percentage. But I tell you, I know factually, it's a huge margin of false positives on these PCR tests that come back. Now, what does that mean? That means people who may have some type of respiratory issue going on. Could be the flu, could be bad sinus infection. But when that test comes back COVID positive, what happens? Everybody jumps into high gear. We got to see patient here. We got to get them in the ICU, isolate them, and get that ventilator ready. Things just aren't adding up. Now, what about those those, uh, Florida numbers? I tell you what we're going to do. I want you to hear Ron DeSantis, Joe Biden, and then Ron DeSantis again. I want you to hear the back and forth and what is being said 
and the factual basis for the things that are being said by both. Here's Governor DeSantis. Joe Biden has taken to himself to try to single out Florida um, over COVID. Uh, This is a guy who ran for president saying he was going to, quote, shut down the virus. And what has he done? He's imported more virus from around the world by having a wide open southern border. You have hundreds of thousands of people pouring across every month. His solution is he wants to have the government force kindergartners to wear masks in school. His vision is, just like in New York City, restaurants should ban young kids from being able to go in because they're not eligible for vaccination, and law-abiding citizens have to produce proof of their medical records just to go to the gym. He wants that, but yet if you want to vote, he thinks it's too much of a burden to show a picture ID when you're voting. If you're trying to restrict people impose mandates if you're trying to ruin their jobs and their livelihoods and their small business if you are trying to lock people down i am standing in your way and i'm standing for the people of florida why don't you do your job why don't you get this border secure and until you do that i don't want to hear a blip about covid from you thank you you are not going to be a part of the solution, if you're not going to be a part of saving people's lives, then get out of the way and let other people do the job. Get out of the way. Uh, That means don't ban, uh, don't make it harder for people to put requirements on masks or asking for vaccination status. Just two states, Florida and Texas, account for one-third of all new COVID-19 cases in the entire country. Just two states. Look, we need leadership from everyone. If some governors aren't willing to do the right thing to beat this pandemic, then they should allow businesses and universities who want to do the right thing to be able to do it. I say to these governors, please help. But if you aren't going to help, at least get out of the way of the people who are trying to do the right thing. With all due respect, I find that deplorable to blame a victim uh, who ends up uh, being, being hospitalized. You don't know their story. You don't know what happened with that. And this has been a really negative thing throughout this whole thing with some of these, quote, experts, some of the media. Somebody, cat, somebody contracts a highly transmissible airborne virus, and they're viewed as having done something wrong. And that's just not the way you do it. When people come in, you treat them. You know, we obviously have some people that are not vaccinated that have been admitted to hospitals. Are you going to sit there? Are you going to sit there and are you going to sit there and criticize? Or are we going to try to treat and try to help the folks? You know, I'm just sick of this judge. I'm sick of the judgment, the, the judgmental stuff um, on some of this stuff. Nobody's trying uh, to, 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 to get ill here. OK, it's a very you can. There's people that were hermits for a year and a half that wore six masks and did that and still contracted it. OK, so so let's just be real here and um, let's just let's not indulge these things that somehow it's their fault uh, for not doing it. Wow, what a potpourri of uh, opinions and responses there. Governor Ron DeSantis, actually what he did, folks, he did little more than just hit it on the head with um, what many Americans, as a matter of fact, most Americans are now feeling and sensing, and it's growing over time because the experts, the so-called officials, the medical gurus, 
It starts with Dr. Anthony Fauci and goes even to the White House. Let me get this straight. Joe Biden, 50-year politico, professional politician in Washington, D.C. This is the guy that we're supposed to listen to about our life and death medical decisions that we make for ourselves and our family members. And the president has the unmitigated gall to get on his bully pulpit and tell any governor anywhere, or for that matter, any guy or woman anywhere in the United States, here's what you got to do. And now it's turned to, here's what you must do. And now it's become this. If you don't want to do what we tell you to do because we're the experts and we know, just get the heck out of the way. This from a guy that yesterday couldn't find his butt with both hands. It's that ridiculous. This is getting way out of hand, folks. And the lockdowns, the sanctions, the totalitarianism is all around us. Listen to this. Social media, big tech, they've gotten into the scheme of this whole thing. Before I give you that, let's circle back. Sakiism, let's circle back to what DeSantis was talking about without even giving numbers. Yeah, in Texas, more people are getting infected than did previously. In Florida, the same thing is true. But listen to the numbers from 2020 and today, 2021, compared infections to the biggie deaths. In July, July 30th, actually, in 2020, in Florida, There were 10,144 new cases that day. 10,144 July 30th of 2020. This is in Florida. July 30th, just days ago this year, there were 15,817 cases, new cases that day. That's an increase of 55.9% in exactly one year. One year later, on the same day, we're supposed to have... COVID-19 kicked in the rear, right? Cases in Florida up 55.9%. And when that number comes out, Washington, D.C., New York City explodes. Everybody thinks they're panicking and they're worried and concerned. Folks, they're shouting with glee because it's a Democrat state. It's Democrat control, excuse me, it's a Republican state. It's controlled by conservatives, Ron DeSantis. And they love to make Republicans look bad politically. They don't give a rip about facts or truth or medical or anything. That doesn't matter. What really does matter, they don't want to mention. What is that? Let's look at the deaths July 30th, 2020, as compared to deaths in Florida, July 30th this year. In 2020, that day, 152 people died of COVID-19. July 30th this year, 58 people died. 58, that's a horrible number of lost lives, no question about it. But the number is down 62% year to year. They don't want to talk about that. It doesn't fit their political package. 
It doesn't fit what they're trying to do. And then you throw in the big social media tycoons like Mark Zuckerberg's. His astroturf empire is promoting a plan by border security officials to vaccinate many job-seeking migrants who are now being excluded, kept out of the country, turned around and gone back by the title 42 and anti-coronavirus barrier. Here's what this plan that he's come up with, if it's adopted, will do. Vaccine would be provided to those facing deportation as well as migrants likely to be released into the U.S. pending a court hearing. And this is according to one of the two officials who spoke, of course, on the condition of anonymity because they were not authorized to discuss this tentative plan. Migrants who are quickly sent back to Mexico under Title 42 would not be offered a vaccine dose, at least during the initial phase. This is just smart policy said a response tweet from Ali Norani, who is president of the Zuckerberg-funded National Immigration Forum, which advocates for the importation of compliant and cheap workers for agriculture and retail employers. If the administration expands vaccine access to those who are expelled because of the current 42 Title 42 restrictions, It puts reopening of the border to a greater level of trade, of tourism, and immigration within reach, he said. The Zuckerberg-backed DHS plan to vaccinate migrants. It was leaked. And guess when it was leaked? As President Biden's DOJ is arguing against a Zuckerberg-boosted ACLU-led lawsuit against the Title 42 rule. The rule, what it does, it now holds back roughly 100,000 migrants a month from undermining Americans' access to decent jobs and homes. It comes directly out of the Donald Trump administration. It worked beyond compare. During this period, when the Title 42 rule was adopted, not only did they turn away potentially COVID-19 positive illegals, what it did was it stopped our illegal immigration at our southern border, and it put it at a 35-year low. It didn't even take Joe Biden a year to blow right through that, blow it up. And last month, illegals coming over were the greatest in number in the last 35 years. In less than nine months, folks, we went from illegal immigration numbers at a 35-year low to a 35-year high under this president. And Zuckerberg is in it. Now, what does that mean? If Zuckerberg is in it, it has to do with dollars. Follow the money. You heard his entity is backing one side of this issue while at the same time backing another issue trying to stop it. They want it both ways. Folks, this, what you just heard, this massive hypocrisy, it's just all over the place. It's in everything the Democrat Party is throwing out there. Every piece of legislation, every Biden executive order, every 
negative or positive vote on any issue in Congress. It's all about political thuggery. And they're ramming it down the throats of hardworking, middle-class, and blue-collar Americans who we're all being told every day, you don't have a clue, you don't know what you're talking about, we're the ones in charge, you can't have any say-so, just sit there, shut up, and let us tell you what to do next. So Biden's up there preaching on his bully pulpit. Jen Psaki, in a, in a press briefing, is preaching from the Biden other, pulpit number two. Meanwhile, down in McAllen, Texas, McAllen reported yesterday that more than 7,000 COVID-positive migrants have been released into the city since February. More than 1,500 in the past week. Now, how are these releases happen? You would think, you know, the government finds them and they're COVID positive, and so we're, we want to get them into healthcare hands. You know, we want to get them over to the medical institutions in McAllen and in other cities and along the southern border because we got to get these people taken care of that are sick, but then we also have to get them away from infecting all these Texans and other Americans. Oh, no. They don't even bother to pick up the phone and call City Hall in McAllen. At the southern border de- detention centers across that part of the southern border where these migrants are being confronted by Border Patrol and ICE and they're being processed, they're putting them straight on buses, taking them away from these centers along the southern border, And sometimes even in the middle of the night, they're dropping them off in these downtown areas of McAllen, Texas. No notification to the government. And Joe Biden wants to sit in D.C. and point at Ron DeSantis and Greg Abbott in Texas and tell them to get out of the way. Let's go back about four years even before Donald Trump took his oath of office on January 20th, 2017. People like Joe Biden and other formerly middle-of-the-road Democrats, moderates they call themselves, but they're really never been moderates. If you're a Democrat, you look at what we see today. You're either a hardcore totalitarianist that want to carry a name of socialist, democratic, which there's no such thing. If you have socialism, there can't be democracy of any kind affiliated with it. They're just totalitarian. They just want total charge of everything. They want control of everything and everybody. They want to have all the power necessary to put that out there and maintain it and force Americans into these little niches that they define that you must go in if you're this kind of person or that kind of person, or if you live in this state or this city, you got to go fit into that little place where we created and you don't have any options. The unmitigated gall of Joe Biden to stand up there and preach a sermon about what DeSantis is doing. What Ron DeSantis did, folks, worked. Nobody thought it would. In fact, I questioned it when he began 
over a year and a half ago of doing what he did, but he did it for the people of his state, which are in large part elderly people. He put those people in the front of the line for vaccinations. He didn't lock down people. We've got a story coming up. I don't know if we'll be able to get to it before Kelly Nelson comes on, but it's coming out of Portugal. Now remember, all things COVID-19 related, we always look to our neighbors to the east across the pond because it starts over there, starts in Asia, comes west into Europe, then it skips the Atlantic and comes to the U.S. I'll just give you a little hint. They're having some problems with their children over there getting COVID. And at first they didn't understand why. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. It's a direct tie-in to this. But you've got Joe Biden up there, and in one week, on his watch, his brain surgeon running Homeland Security, Alejandro Mayorkas, he put 1,500 people arbitrarily in that were COVID-19 in one city in Texas. Just dropped them off. Hey, y'all have a great day, and close the bus door and move off. These people go out and what do they do? They've got to find ways to integrate into that facility, into that city, into wherever they're stopping and getting put in front of, which means they're going to interact and interface with a bunch of people that don't know they're COVID positive. This is the president of the United States that says that's okay. So how many of the 200,000 that showed up at the border in the month of June Most of them got integrated into the U.S. This thing about those Biden officials coming out and saying, oh, no, 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 the only people we're letting stay are these unaccompanied minors. Hogwash. We have firsthand evidence presented by people who are there that are saying they're letting everybody in. They're shipping them around the country. They're even buying plane tickets, taking them to the McAllen Airport, other cities along the southern border airports, and putting them on planes going to parts, cities, towns all over the United States on your tax dollar without even knowing if they're COVID positive or not. And listen to what Biden is going to do. He's already floated it out there. He hadn't done it formally yet. King Joe plans to force every person coming to the United States via air, every person, when they land here domestically in the United States, they have to show proof of vaccination before they'll be allowed to come into the United States. And last week, Joe sent 1,500 people on his own. (laughs) 1,500 that were positive into a city with nothing, nothing, no plan in place to handle that situation and just shoved it down the throats of Texans. The two states where most of these migrants want to go to when the Border Patrol gets through processing them, if they ever do, the two states they want to go to, Texas and Florida. And then Biden's up there shaking his finger at Greg Abbott <laughs> and Ron DeSantis and saying, you guys get your crap together or we're going to come after you. You got to listen to us. We're the ones. We're the bosses. We know what's best for America. And if you don't like it, just get out of the way. Our first break, 
You're not going to want to go anywhere. Kelly Nelson up next at TNN Live. It's movie season. We count down your favorite movie classics, including When Harry Met the Bathroom, Close Encounters of the Third Bathroom, A River Runs Through the Bathroom. For someone suffering with sucrose intolerance, a favorite movie often ends in the bathroom. If you're experiencing chronic diarrhea, gas, stomach pain, and bloating, remember, sucrose intolerance, or CSID, can be diagnosed by your doctor with the aid of a sucrose breath test. Visit sucroseintolerance.com. Hey, Thirst, can I try out a few Coke summer sound effects on you? Yes! Cool. You okay with this? Yes! And this? And what about this? Yes! Ha! Gotcha there, Thirst. That wasn't sound effects. That was a Coke. I'm no longer thirsty. You're so out of here. Coca-Cola. Open happiness. You love chocolate. Mmm, chocolate. You love M&M's. Oh, yes. But your tastes have grown up, and you're just not wild about super sweet milk chocolate, so you've been avoiding M&M's. Yeah. Well, fear no more. Huh? M&M's dark chocolate to the rescue. My heroes! M&M's dark chocolate candies. Available wherever fine candies are sold. Could switching to GEICO really save you 15% or more on car insurance? Did the little piggy cry wee, wee, wee all the way home? Wee! Wee, wee, wee! 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 Yeah? You're home. Oh, cool. Thanks, Mrs. A. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Fake news, spin, anger, violence. How do you sort through the chaos? You tune in to TNN, the Truth News Network. Truthnewsnet.org. I guess I need to apologize. I got a little, I got a little jacked up during that story and listening to Ron DeSantis and also Jen Psaki from the White House blasting the people of Florida and the governor of Florida and the governor of Texas uh, because they're letting people in that are sick when Joe Biden himself is welcoming them coming in and paying for them Mm -hmm. to be distributed all across the nation. Kelly Nelson is joining us. Let me tell you hello first, Kelly. Hi. Hi. How are you this morning? I'm doing great. How about you? Well... Um, my blood pressure is up. I think you probably heard oh, that sure. in my voice just a moment ago. We just we just heard the governor of Florida uh, responding to President Biden and his demands for DeSantis and Greg Abbott in Texas, the governors, to get out of the way of the federal government while he is now telling Americans and people overseas, if you want to come to the country, if you want to come to the U.S., you've got to show us proof of vaccination before you can get through customs at our uh, ports of entry. And then uh, last week, he let 1,500, in fact, he didn't let, they dropped 1,500 infected illegals off on the streets in downtown McAllen, Texas, and he didn't tell anybody. He just let them off the oh, bus. Yeah. Isn't that something? Well, I want to first say thank you so much for what you do. And thank you so much for sharing it with us here at TNN. People here have come to 
they feel like they already know you. You're writing. You're you're a brilliant intellectual person, and I know that from <laughs> talking to you all the time. But beyond that, your work in writing and the stuff that you give us with the historical perspectives always attached, it's incredible. I don't see how you do oh, great. it. Great. I well, don't either. Sometimes. <laughs> well, you're doing it. You're doing a great job. Now, first of all, let me ju- let me just remind everybody. Um, we had. General Mike Flynn on here. We've had him on a couple of times. Kelly opened the door to that. He, she introduced us to uh, General Flynn. We've become good buddies since then. And uh, she's plugged into everything and everybody that are really important. And she opens doors for us. But even more than that, she holds in her mind a wealth of knowledge and information. And I asked her to come share that with us live today. And we only have less than an hour to deal with this, but I wanted to make sure that, Kelly, I want you to know I'm comfortable with letting you carry this conversation. I want to tell you who you're talking to, the kind of people you're talking to. We're, we're, we're spread across the country. Uh, we have, I, I just checked before you and I got on the phone together to start this interview. I just checked. We have a big pocket of listeners today in New Zealand. We have a big following oh. there. And so in knowing that you were going to be here, they're listening in. But these are all people that have the big question mark over their heads. And the question mark is, what's the truth? And so yeah. I, I, I want you, and, and you got to understand, we're, we're middle class, uh, blue class working people. We're not intellectuals. Now, I don't want to paint that picture of everybody. I'm not an intellectual. Let me just say that. But... When you explain things to us, please be as simple as you can because I know there's all kinds of stuff in your head that you want to get out. If we can't do it all today before your your uh, calendar takes you away, we want to do it again and get going very quickly with this because there are many important things going on that we all need to understand. Okay. Let me start with one thing for both the vaxxed and the non-vaxxed. Okay. And I'll tell you why. Because there are things you can do. We already know that the vaccine does shed. That has been admitted by the CDC and the FDA. Explain, and shed, explain, explain shedding. Okay, the spike proteins of a vaccinated person can actually affect the non-vaxxed if you get close to them. And this was developed in Australia years ago to get rid of the small mammal population, okay? okay. And what if, if another mammal ran through it, rubbed, ran through the debris from one mammal or the breastfed babies from a vaccinated mouse or um, touching the, the fur of another one, it would transfer the vaccine to the non-vaxxed. Okay, so this has been around for a long time. Okay, now, I want to tell you what you can do if you've had either the vax or you're non-vax, but you have people in your family who have had the vaccine and you're a little bit afraid of them. There's two things you can do. Get N-acetyl-L-cysteine. It's called NAC. N-A-C. 600 milligrams. Now, they're finding out that this actually stops 
the replication of the spike protein in your body. I'm not a doctor, I'm not a pharmacist, I'm just telling you what I have read and what doctors are coming up with and saying you should take. The second thing that they should get is ivermectin. And Dr. Malone, the second most widely published physician in the world, said that ivermectin is safer than Tylenol. Wow. Okay? Yes. And and I'll tell you some other things that are really dangerous later. But right now, I want people to hear this, and I'll repeat it twice. You can go on the web. This is an India site. They make 89% of America's drugs in India. Okay? Hold on, Kelly. Before you, you, before you continue, let me tell you, folks. Kelly's sending us the links that she's referring to after the show uh-huh. and later around noon central time we will have you this list up. from her up on the website so you don't have to write them down now we'll have those up okay. by noon today good okay you can then i won't repeat it twice but you can go to www.alldaychemist.com and then backward slash ivermectol, T-O-L instead of T-I-N, ivermectol. Okay. Okay? Up to 150 pounds, you want 12 milligram. If you're over that, you want 18 milligram. And if you've had the vaccine, you want to take one a week for the rest of your life. Got it. Okay. If you haven't had the vaccine, I would just keep it on the shelf in case I came down with one of these crazy viruses or their so-called variants. Or I would take it if I knew that my vaccinated family were coming into my home. I'd make sure that I've got at least two of these in my body before they arrive. Great. There you go. Now, there's another area that you can go to. It's America's Frontline Doctors. And I'll give you this one, too. It's A, F as in Frank, L, D as in David, S, dot org. Now, you can email them a note of why you want to have hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin. And they will send you back a physician in your state who will prescribe it for you. That's there perfect. you have it. That's perfect. And for my friends yep. in Louisiana, you can just email me uh, and I'll put you in touch with doctors all across the state that will prescribe hydrochloroquine for you. Great, great. Now, I would like to talk a little bit about some of these doctors that I mentioned in my article. And the messenger RNA, which is in the Pfizer and the Moderna vaccines, okay? And they are not vaccines. However, everybody by now knows about theirs, right? Yes. The vaccine adverse effect. Okay. Okay, good. All right. Now, Dr. Artis was interviewed not only by um, uh, the lawyer in Germany. I don't know how you pronounce his name. Fulmich? Fulmich? I'm not sure. Uh, okay. And he was also interviewed by Brandon House. 
And what he said in these two interviews was, if you look at these numbers on the VAERS, because it's only 1% of the people who have had adverse effects or died that have been reported, you have to add two zeros to every single number. And that will bring you up to actual 100% in your country. Hmm? Actually, the, the, the CDC puts that disclaimer out there. They don't use that multiple, but they tell you these are only of the cases that are reported directly to the CDC in their VAERS report. And, and we publish the VAERS numbers here every week, so people listening in know we keep up with the numbers and we tell them you got to multiply yeah. that. you got to come up yeah, with another yeah, number. Yeah. It's much larger. Okay, now the other thing Artis said, remdesivir, which was developed by who? Hmm? Dr. Fauci and his gang and Gates. Okay, it's dangerous to organs. The side effects are terrible, and it has a really bad history of affecting your kidney and destroying it. Mm -hmm. So, guess what we had from February till December of 2020 that was only given in the hospital? Remdesivir and Regeneron. What's, okay, what's, that's what's, what was given. What's, what's Regeneron? I don't know the story about Regeneron, but it was developed by the same people. Gotcha. It was put out in the news that the hospital and um, even uh, uh, President Trump said that they gave him remdesivir and Regeneron. But I found out from an internal doctor there, he was given ivermectin, not remdesivir. Okay. Okay. So, so that's a little side treat. Uh, you you want to stay away from that stuff. It it's actually we had more deaths in those months because the hospitals were using what Fauci told them to use, and the side effects of the uh, of taking these vaccines. Doctor Artis found in the FDA that those side effects were actually put out in an internal um, slides, internal slides they did, two months before the vaccine came out. So they knew that it could cause very damaging side effects and death well, their, before. Their justification is this. We, we, we yeah. knew there were going to be some changes that were going to have to be made as the side effects were, you know, becoming more and more well-known, but we weighed in the balance of which is better, and we just wanted people not to die from this thing, so we rushed to get it out there, and they're going to correct it after the fact. Yeah, right. The problem with that is that 99.75% of these people across the board, unless you're very elderly and have multiple comorbidities, you recover. I've had it. I recovered, okay? And and I'm not a spring chicken either. Okay, let's go to let's go to what Dr. Yeadon said because Yeadon actually was the top scientist at Pfizer and the vice president. And he said 
severe adverse reaction and mass deaths from messenger RNA COVID vaccines are virtually guaranteed, and especially for pregnant women. Okay, 8% of the treatment recipients, he said, will die within two weeks. Wow. The rest within three years. Okay, now, now, Yeadon is... He's very specialized in this, and he has actually started another organization to get this information out. And he declares, this is his word, that the pandemic is a fraud, masks are useless, distancing is absurd, and PCR tests were meaningless, quarantine healthy, quarantining healthy people is pure stupidity and why variants of virus strains are absolutely no threat and why COVID vaccines should be rejected and why are the strains no threat I'll tell you why because science has always proven that a strain a, a, a variant that comes off of an original virus is always only 3% of the original. The original is 97.7%. If you've had the virus and recovered, these variants aren't going to touch you. But now they're telling us, oh, this variant, this Delta variant is really bad. It's affecting all these, well, you know who it's affecting? It's affecting the folks that have been vaccinated. And that's because this vaccine is replicating, as another doctor said, it's increasing the illness in them. That's what it's doing. This is, I think that's Dr. Malone that said that. He's the one that actually developed the um, messenger RNA. Each of the last three weeks, each week, official CDC numbers buried they stopped reporting, and they actually mm-hmm. said they were going to stop reporting these uh, breakthrough infections. In other words, people that have been vaccinated, but they get the Delta variant. Through breakthrough yeah. infections, each of the last three weeks in the United States, all total, all in, death caused by COVID-19, that happens more in people that have been vaccinated than in people that were unvaccinated. More people have died that have the vaccinations each of the last three weeks than don't. Yeah, and this is way over the top because back in, uh, what was it, 1976 when we had a swine flu vaccine, I don't remember the date right off, but we had 26 deaths and they immediately pulled this vaccine from the market. But they haven't pulled this one, have they? Oh no, it wouldn't fit their um, their objective, whatever the heck their objective is. Well, personally, after reading all these doctors, and I think this is probably my sixth article on this, I believe that this is planned depopulation, culling of the herd, and I believe it all goes back to the eugenicist desires to depopulate the earth via UN Agenda 2130. And if you look into the backgrounds of both Fauci and um, Gates, they're both eugenicists. 
Yes, they are. I mean, I can tell you about Fauci and what he pulled in the past, because in the past he actually got 10 foster children uh, in, uh, vaccinated with a test vaccine, and 10 of them died. We had, we had his um, longtime partner in research, Dr. Judy Mikovits, oh, on, yeah. on with us for an hour, uh, longer than an hour back in May last year. And she actually, in that hour, now this, is, this was in May. This was when we were still struggling to find out what was real and what isn't. Find out what it is, yeah. yeah. Um, and she laid out, she told us exactly, step by step, what was going to happen in the upcoming months under Fauci's direction. And by mm-hmm. jingoes, it happened just like Every she predicted. Every single thing. Yep. You, you ex- explain quickly what eugenics is, because a lot of people they've heard the term but they well, don't understand it. And they, they, it's it's like Margaret Sanger who wanted to get rid of all of our African Americans, all of our black people, and because she thought they were uh, less worthy of life. You know, they weren't as quote-unquote intelligent. Um, so that's why she put Planned Parenthood in all of the black neighbors neighborhoods. And, and that's really basically what this is. Back in the 20s in America, we had eugenics going on big time, and they were even sterilizing children who were deaf, thinking they didn't want them to procreate. Uh, actually, Hitler went back to our 1920s eugenics and copied it and used it in Nazi Germany. So we have a history of this. And Gates' daddy was a big-time eugenicist. So this all feeds into this population reduction. But let me let me tell you the one more thing about Dr. Malone, who invented the the messenger RNA. He said that the Pfizer inoculation, especially in the wanting phase of having had this, is causing the virus to replicate more efficiently than it would otherwise. And he said the legal name for it is antibody-dependent enhancement. And he said, but what it really is? For all of you that don't understand the science, it's disease enhancement. And so, so what, what it does? What's yeah. what, what's happening? What's happening with this? And this has just begun to be reported. What yep. is happening is this is going to push for additional booster shots, and yep, uh, they're going to tell us, and they already are. We're hearing it now. Oh. Israel, as a matter of fact, yesterday, they announced that everybody has to have a third shot immediately if you had the Pfizer shot initially. It's to keep people dependent upon additional booster shots to maintain their health going forward. And that's going to be a lot of uh, struggling people, a lot of diseased people, and quite honestly, yeah. if you're a eugenicist or believe that's actually real, population loss. It is going to be population loss. In fact, this entire program was written up over 10 years ago by the Rockefeller Foundation. And I've linked to it in several previous articles. And if you look at it you, and read it, you would go, my gosh, this is exactly what's happening today. It's what they've done. 
it's it's amazing. But let me tell you a little bit about this Remdesivir and Fauci with his NIAID, because here's another little interesting thing. It, he he worked with Gilead to conduct phase two human trials on that remdesivir. Right. And he has openly endorsed Gilead Sciences' very expensive treatment, which is remdesivir. And, and that was over the original treatment, if you first came down with it, of hydroxychloroquine, azithromycin, and zinc. Okay, so, so he, and they had, uh, the National Institute of Health in 2005 had actually approved hydroxychloroquine for all coronaviruses. It's been around since 1952, and yeah. it's being used. Seventy and ha- years. Yeah, yes, uh, and it's it's being used and has been for a bunch of different autoimmune conditions. My wife graduated with a woman, a good friend from high school, who's had lupus, and she's been taking it for 50 years. Sure. I'm, t- I'm telling people how old Marianne is. Uh, yeah. And of has had no issues whatsoever. And it's kept her from uh, the results of what happens when you get lupus. Well, I think I told you um, Mike Flynn's taken it for 30 years. Yes, you did. Yeah. So uh, here's, here's the thing. All of these physicians are calling. Dr. Zelenko of New York called this whole thing negligent homicide. Okay. And, and a war on medicine. Doctor, doctor, doctor. I I just want to tell you, our our listeners, who he is. Doctor Zelenko. Vladimir. uh, Yes, he is a um, a Cedic Jew, and he's in a small town north of New York. He came out first, and he was using hydroxychloroquine in combination with azithromycin and zinc, and he was treating people in his town. He couldn't get any of the medical institutions to listen to him, so he reached out to the White House during the Trump presidency. The first time you heard the president, President Trump, talking about hydroxychloroquine, it was because of Dr. Zelenko. And everybody, all the experts, Fauci included, they just poo-pot it because there's no money in hydroxychloroquine. (laughs) There's no patent. The patent's all expired. When that was being propagated early in this thing, you could buy a bottle of hydroxychloroquine for less than four or five bucks. Of course, the prices That's went right. up, but there was no big money in it. And then, of course, people just poo-pod everything that came out of the White House under Trump, and they just wrote it off because he's not the expert. We had Dr. Fauci. Well, I'll tell you what happened. He he even went through uh, CDC and and FDA, and and that was through the White House. They shoved him off to them. Nothing, nothing happened. So what happened? It was Rudy Giuliani who called him up and said, "Let's do a little video on this." They did, and and all over the world heads of countries called him and asked him how to treat this and he told them just so you know i uh, i sleep every night with a woman my wife oh, of, of 46 years 
And uh, <laughs> she got really, really bad COVID in the early stages. And she goes to the doctor. And, of course, almost still to this day, if you go to a regular doctor, um, they'll tell you, all we can do is treat some of your symptoms. And if if, yeah. if you want anything more, we're going to have to check in in the hospital. They still do that. Well, we went to one of our buddies locally who's a physician, and he said hydroxychloroquine, azithromycin, uh, zinc, and he put her on an, an, a bedesimide or it sounds something like that, a breather. Yeah. And she had really been declining. She had pneumonia in her left lung, and in four oh, days geez. she's out of it. She's totally whole. Um, it works, and they don't like that. It's too simple, whoever they is. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, the powers that be over the medical industry. Yes, and and it's all about follow the money. It's all about follow yeah. the money. Kelly, sure. let's let's move forward. We've only got about 10 minutes left, and I know you're going to carry over the 10 o'clock time that uh, you had told us you could stay because you moved in. Oh, I, can, I can stay, but what do you, what do you, what else do you want to talk about? This article was huge. It was 3,000 words. I know, and uh, it took a lot to digest it. I've read it three or four times. There's a lot of meat in it. <laughs> Folks, if you haven't, go to our Monday and Tuesday stories on uh, the Truth News Network website. Read her stories, and as we said, her sources are all included in there, many of them in hyperlinks. Yeah. Just click on them and go get the documentation. But let me That's say right. this, folks. It's critical now more than ever that we know the facts that we can get digested and in our lives and our minds and start act, acting on them because they are ratcheting down from the powers at the top. They are ratcheting down to try to stop this push Against against their partisanship, their political agendas, whatever they are, and there are several of them that are all interacting together, we don't know. But we've got to begin to make certain we make our decisions based on the facts that we find out rather than those that are factual, and I put that in quotation marks, that they tell us are factual. It is literally a life and death situation we're facing. It really is. What's ahead? It really is. What's ahead, Kelly? What do you see on the horizon, the near-term horizon for us? Well, I really do think that they are going to push this vaccine. I mean, look, they've already done it with uh, de Blasio in New York City. Uh, you can't go to a restaurant. You know, you just talked about that probably last hour. Yes. So that if it starts there, and I have no doubt it'll start with Newsom in California. Absolutely. The governor of yeah. California. Yeah. So you, you've got both coasts, and that always moves inward. And we've got plenty of states inward that are just as bad as those on the on the coast. So I imagine this will happen. Now people forget that HIPAA HIPAA means that your medical um, information cannot be shared with anyone outside of the medical industry. Okay. Secondly, the Fourth Amendment protects your body. Uh, and look, all of these abortionists, they say, my body, my choice. Yes. Well, it's my body, my choice. I don't want your blooming jab. See? But we're going to have to go to court with this. Yeah. And 
All of these doctors are already being sidelined. They've been censored off of every website, okay? They've been censored off of YouTube. And now, because Dr. Peter McCullough of Texas A&M, the top cardiologist physician in the world, because he was on one program and the gentleman who had him on accidentally put something in his curriculum vitae that wasn't quite true, it actually was at one time, but it isn't anymore, Baylor University Hospital decided that they would sue him for a million dollars. And this is the top echelon in the medical industry coming after those who have gone against this vaccine. And folks, if you want to dig into Dr. McCulloch and exactly what's going on, Google him now. And I say Google, use another search engine if you can. But uh, find out his stuff is being pulled down. They are taking down all of the information. Everything. 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 And so grab what you can. Go get it. And they're doing it willy-nilly, and they've already begun. Uh, McCulloch, and his name will pop up. As she said, he's the number one cardiologist on the planet, and they're shutting him down for political purposes. And the same thing goes for Dr. Joseph um, Mercola, who has had a website, huge website for 25 years, 25 years worth of information. He's been threatened so badly that he said, I'm taking it all down. This is just insane. I mean, this is, what What about the First Amendment? What about the freedom yeah. of speech? What about being well, the greatest country and the freest country on the planet and that we've always prided ourselves in Anybody can say anything, even if it offends somebody else, because this is the First Amendment. They're turning well, their backs on that only goes, on. apparently, for uh, uh, the Democrat Party and Antifa and BLM. It certainly doesn't go for anybody that's conservative. Kelly, what, I tell, what I'm telling folks when we do this show every day and, and stuff that we write, I'm telling everybody... You no longer have the, um, the right to sit silent. If we want to really live in a representative republic like we were all born into, one that embraces democracy and government of, by, and for the people, if you want to maintain that, you can't sit around and wait for people that are elected to go to Washington who so, so-called represent us to make those decisions yeah. because they're not on the same page as we are. They've, they've been going no. off that page for a long time. And if we don't push back, if we don't have more people like Governor DeSantis in Florida and Greg Abbott in Texas that will push back and say, look, this is wrong. This is just plain wrong. And we're not going to allow it. If we don't have more like that happen, we are destined for some really bad results coming out of this. Well, basically, I think we're headed for a Stalinist state, and probably because of what's going on with all of these physicians who have come out and exposed what's really going on with this alleged vaccine, um, they have already been shut down. A lot of them, you know, the threat was, you say anything uh, uh, over, over and above what we have told you you can do, you may lose your license. 
and physicians have actually lost their license. They've lost their board memberships on hospitals. They've lost their um, grants for speaking the truth. Yeah. It's all political partisanship. It's all tight, tyrannical. I can't think of a better word. And they, they used to point at the previous president. You remember that? We heard every day. Authoritarian, mm-hmm. dictator, authoritarian. Donald Trump wants to control everything. He's the antithesis of that, and his policies were exactly opposite of that. We are seeing authoritarianism creeping in and taking over this country it's, before it's our here. very eyes. Yes, and that is called um, psychological projection, and it was taught to the left by Saul Alinsky decades ago. Everything you do, you claim your enemy is doing. And Saul Alinsky, for those of you that don't know, he was the hero of people like Barack Obama. Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton was Saul Alinsky's prodigy, and she's proud about that. And he was a totalitarian, is it? Uh, uh, a totalitarian. Oh, he was a Marxist, honey. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. In the tank. Kelly, any yeah. final words, any words of wisdom that you can tell us going forward? How should we mentally and emotionally prepare for this and what it looks like going forward, what we can see and even those things we can't see? What about getting ready for it? Okay. There's... there's Proverbs 133, I would suggest everybody go read that, because if you belong to the Lord God Almighty, he says, have no fear. Hey, hey, hey. Okay. (laughs) But, But here's the thing. God's still on the throne, and he still answers all our prayers, but American people are still sitting in their recliners with their beers, watching the kneelers on the sports. And I'm tired of it. <laughs> it's, it's Dietrich Bonhoeffer who said, silence in the face of evil is itself evil. God will not hold us guiltless. And not to speak is to speak. Not to act is to act. So, if we want to keep these freedoms, we've got to get like these other countries. It's going on in what? Italy, um, uh, France, uh, the UK, and a couple of other countries. They're protesting in the streets. They don't want any more lockdowns. They don't want any more of this garbage going on in their country. They're over it and we're being lied to, and they know they were being lied to, we've got to do the same thing. Now, if the BLM and Antifa can absolutely destroy city upon city upon city, surely we can freely march in every one of our cities and and our counties and say something about this, and that something should be stop it. Amen. Kelly Nelson, you are a treasure. I am tickled to death to call you my friend. You are welcome here at TNN Live and Truth News Network anytime. We are joined together, you and us and our audience and our members here. And what we're pursuing is the truth because you shall know the truth and the truth 
will set you free. You free. Amen. Love you, sweetheart. Thank you so much. <laughs> okay. Have a great Bye-bye. day. Bye-bye. Have you, you heard too. about Blank Slate yet? It's the best board game. In fact, Blank Slate has quickly become the new favorite with everybody around here. It's very simple. Unlike other games, no one gets embarrassed. Blank Slate is all about having fun, right? That's what we want. It's perfect for when you get the fam together or play with friends online because it's a game that everyone can get into. And if you need proof, just check out any of the hundreds of five-star reviews. It's basically selling out. So get Blank Slate now at Target, Barnes & Noble, or wherever you buy games. Today on Hey Culligan, softer equals better. Here's a tweet from Ed Itchy in Idaho. Hey Culligan, my laundry is so scratchy, I just cut myself on a cable knit sweater. Any suggestions? Hashtag send help. Hey, Ed Itchy in Idaho. Yes, the Culligan high efficiency water softener will make that thing so soft, it'll go from cable knit to cable knot. Itchy. Hashtag soft laundry. Hashtag already on the way. Get started for as little as $10 a month for six months at participating Culligan dealers. If you think we're just four wheels in a grill, think again. The Jeep Grand Cherokee redefines freedom. But what really makes Jeep? It's finding the perfect balance between luxury and adventure without ever compromising. It's driving across the country to see your family, to make new memories. So, what makes Jeep? You do. Jeep, there's only one. Jeep is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC. I'm a Verizon engineer, and today we're turning on 5G across the country, including right here in New York City. With the coverage of 5G nationwide and in more and more cities, the unprecedented performance of ultra-wideband. It will change your phone and how businesses do everything. I'm proud because we didn't build it the easy way. We built it right. This is the 5G America's been waiting for, only from Verizon. 5G ultra-wideband available only in parts of select cities. 5G nationwide available in 1,800 plus cities. Wow. Wasn't that delightful? Bringing someone in that you don't know, you haven't heard. You know by what she writes here at Truth News Network. You know that she's very, very plugged in, that she has access to a lot of things that we don't have access to, information-wise at least. And uh, it was really good to hear her perspective. She, let me just say this, I'm 68 years old. She's older than I am. She, former network producer, I mean, major network producer in the upper Midwest uh, for one of the major networks. She's been right involved in politics at every level for her entire career. And uh, obviously, from what you see that she produces here at Truth News Network, she is very, very knowledgeable. Well, what else is happening in the world around us? We heard from... Joe Biden, we heard from Ron DeSantis. Um, we've, uh, we've not heard from some of the so-called medical experts today, but there are other things that we've got to get into, important information that you need to know. You heard her talk about Dr. Peter McCullough. Well, he appeared on the Stu Peters show just the other day, and he did that to warn us all about these COVID vaccinations. He's a very famous physician, a specialist on COVID-19, and he's being sued, as Kelly told us, by the health organization Baylor Scott & White in Texas. 
He's being sued for allegedly misrepresenting himself as a spokesperson for that medical system, Baylor, Scott, and White, during an interview. And in it, he gave his professional opinion on the coronavirus vaccines, and he highlighted his concerns. That's what he does. He is an expert. He's not even an alleged expert, folks. He is an expert. So the complaint, the complaint comes on the heels of Scott and White's decision to require shots for all of their 40,000 employees. McCulloch is in reality a Baylor University graduate. He served as the vice chair of internal medicine at Baylor University Medical Center from 2014 until 2021. Although he didn't mention Baylor during the conversation that he got in trouble for, his previous title was flashed on the screen during that show, the Stu Peters show. Stu Peters, this um, television anchor, he has since reacted on his show, and of course he has slammed Baylor, Scott, and White for uh, what they said, and he termed it nothing less than an attack on Dr. McCulloch's character meant to discredit. As a current active member of medical staff for both Baylor University Medical Center and Baylor Heart and Vascular Hospital and with an office on campus, Dr. McCullough is associated on public internet platforms and groups with countless links and mentions Baylor, Scott, and White Health System. Peters added that Dr. McCullough is also a prominent graduate from Baylor with an endowed scholarship in his name. He's commonly associated as a point of pride for Baylor, who kept him up on their website until mid-July, creating a whole bunch of confusion with hundreds of media personnel. Now, this is Peters talking. Stu Peters, this uh, show host. He admitted to making the editing error, Peters did, that permitted Baylor, Scott, and White to bring about the case. We made an error. And as a result of our error, Dr. McCullough is being sued. But he also expressed his concern about the real cause underlying that lawsuit. He said they announced the lawsuit on the day they announced the ill-advised COVID-19 mandatory vaccination program for 40,000 of their employees, many of whom don't want the shot. Now, this is a Texas institution. It's a huge change. There are Scott and White hospitals all over, medical centers all over Texas. 40,000 employees, you know, guess, just think about how many of those 40,000 don't want the stinking shot. And if they want to keep their jobs, folks, they have no choice. This is being litigated. Remember, it happened a month or two ago at Methodist Hospital down in Houston. They did the same thing. They, uh, they said their employees were all going to have to be vaccinated, a huge group of them, especially, and this is really integral and important, a bunch of nurses, frontline health workers. We're not talking about people in clerical jobs at the hospital. We're talking about medical professionals. They don't want the vaccination. So they took it to court. Of course, in the legal system, everybody automatically thinks, oh, this is going to get to the Supreme Court. Not nearly as many as people think of issues and cases ever get the light of day at the U.S. Supreme Court. And long before that happens, they have to begin at the bottom of the heap in the legal system. It has to start in state court. That's what happened with the Methodist workers. 
and a local judge, a district judge, one of those judges that uh, is not appointed, they're uh, elected, which means they got to campaign for election, which means they got to get contributions. You see where I'm going with that? So this judge ruled against the Methodist employees, and now it's under appeal. It's under appeal in a state appeal court in Texas. And depending on what that appeal court comes up with, then if it's against the Methodist employees, it'll then and only then get into a federal court. And it's a district court first. And then if it has to be appealed again, it's to a a federal district appeals court. And then finally, if it ever would get there, it'll go up to the Supreme Court for them to consider whether to take up a case like this. And I'm just laying out the stuff for you to let you know it's very unlikely that these employees at Methodist Hospital and now at Baylor Scott and White, 40,000 of them there, they're not going to get an answer, a legal answer on whether or not they can keep their jobs if they refuse to get vaccinated. They're going to they're gonna be stuck. They'll either have to just give in and take the vaccination or leave their employment. Now that may seem like no big deal to you, but just imagine if it was you folks, if your employer walked into your office today and said, well, I'm here to tell you, we believe in this COVID-19 vaccination program and we've made a company determination that everybody that works here has got to be vaccinated. If you choose not to be vaccinated, you're turning in your resignation from employment here. That would really drive it home and make it more of a big deal than it probably has been. Let's go back across the pond. We told you about the COVID-19 stuff. It always begins over in Asia. Every event, everything that happens. Then Then it goes to Uh, the Middle East, then it goes to Europe, and then finally it comes across the ocean and we get it here. This that I'm about to tell you is happening today, right now, in Portugal. It's happening to kids, folks. This is a quote when I'm about to read to you. The feeling we have is that suddenly the kids, the children, are all becoming sick at the same time. Those are the words of a doctor, Joanna Martins, one of the child health experts that was interviewed for an article in a magazine about how the pandemic's confinement, lockdowns, and preventative measures have weakened the immune systems, making us all more susceptible to diseases. And the doctor said the effects are most obvious in kids because kids' immune systems are still developing. So how does this natural immunity that everybody's talking about, oh, we got to, you know, we got to get to herd immunity. You've heard that? How do we get that? How do our kids get that? Folks, our kids get it because they interact with each other. They got to come into contact with dirt or to put it in another way, germs, microorganisms, and viruses in general. Do you know that every day, Hundreds of thousands, maybe even millions of viruses and bacterias attempt to attack your bodies wherever you go. And when you're out and about, when you interact with other humans, with dirt, when you breathe in. I went to an early morning prayer meeting this morning on the back of one of my Harleys. 
I was out in the open air and I integrated, interfaced with people. That's how our bodies naturally produce immunology and that's how we get natural immunity. In these lockdowns in the country of Portugal that we went through here last year, and they obviously there in Europe, they went through longer and more egregious one, and now some of the countries over there are going back to lockdowns. According to one other doctor, Dr. Cordero, all the sanitary measures necessary in a pandemic have resulted in a substantial reduction in this vital contact causing babies and toddlers to become extremely vulnerable because they've been segregated from exposure to natural environment, which creates immunity. Ironically, society's youngest members, those born during the pandemic especially, are now at risk from a respiratory virus, VSR, not COVID, but VSR that could be far more dangerous to them than SARS-CoV-2. While coronavirus infection in kids seldom progresses to any big form of COVID-19, VSR can cause acute bronchial infections that may necessitate hospitalization. And this is exactly what's happening this morning in Portugal. Albert Caldas Afonso, a pediatrician with 40 years of experience in Portugal, has never seen anything like it. Many kids with respiratory infections, in some cases serious ones, being admitted to hospital every day during high summer, a time of year when traditionally A&E departments at hospitals are much calmer. The unusual affluence over the last few weeks has taken pediatricians all over the country by surprise. This is happening throughout Europe and in the U.S. The phenomenon is what various specialists have already dubbed weakened immunity, a state of greater fragility and bodily defenses, defenses indirectly caused by the pandemic. Another doctor, Ricardo Jorge of the Public Health Institution in Portugal, confirmed this year's higher than normal number of positive cases of VSR among children. It's a virus that generally impacts babies in their first year of life, but many toddlers are only now acquiring it due to their lockdown last winter. And he said, if we hold these kids back, we're delaying their contact with viruses that are unavoidable in the construction of their immune library. This is what has happened. It's not nice to fool Mother Nature. You remember that old commercial? Mother Nature is the entity, is the process that creates within our bodies just because of things in nature that we don't even know about. We hear about immunity, natural immunity herd immunity that comes from being around a bunch of other people. Some of them have been exposed to COVID-19 and VSR, and their bodies created antibodies naturally to beat it. And in most cases, their bodies beat it. Well, when we are in the presence of those people that made it, that got on the other side of it, when they breathe out 
when we have interactions, maybe shaking hands, whatever. We are introducing into our bodies their successful antibodies, and our bodies take the cue and replicate it. Isn't nature an amazing thing? Why would anybody, why would anybody want to, but especially why would people in the medical community try to shortcut what nature has been doing effectively ever since man has been in existence? I don't think that if you put all of these medical experts in a room, all of them, every single one of them, and you started counting heads. I don't care who they are. I don't care how smart they are. I don't care what kind of medical accomplishments they have to their credit, how many papers they've written, how many awards they've won, how many titles they have. I don't care if you stack it all up to the sky. It would even come close to eclipsing what God implemented on planet Earth through Mother Nature. And I got to be honest with you, we could probably give Mother Nature another name. How about God? How about the Creator? I think that would be applicable. So let's back up for a moment. You've heard everybody talking about this new nasty Delta Plus variant. You hadn't heard about that one? Well, you heard about the Delta variant. But there's a new one, and it's worse, they tell us. It's the Delta Plus variant. So looking around the nation now and counting the number of new COVID-19 cases, it's deemed by the media a surge in the United States. And they're telling us it's due to this highly contagious Delta variant. In the middle of all of that now, a new version of that same mutation called the Delta Plus is causing concern among many of the healthcare professionals. Now, it obviously is very similar to the Delta variant, but unlike Delta, this substrain has a spike protein mutation and it's got a name. They call it K417N. Have no idea what that means, but that's what they're calling it. These spike proteins, as you just heard just a few minutes ago, Kelly Nelson gave us a scoop on what spike proteins really are as they latch onto human cells with the external bumps that are found on the virus. They're latching on to other humans. Although there is no wide consensus, many people believe that this substrain of COVID can be even more contagious than the original Delta variants due to its ability to latch on to human cells with their spike proteins, though it has the same mutation as does the original, the beta variant. There have only been a couple of cases of the Delta Plus variant reported. They've been detected in the U.S., in the United Kingdom and in India. South Korea also detected a couple of cases. And one of those cases is a person reportedly traveling back here to the U.S. According to U.S. researchers, it's still a little early to determine whether this strain is more contagious or resistant to vaccines than the original Delta strain. And here we go, folks. We're on the COVID train. And we thought we were going to the next place and getting off the train and everything was going to be cool. No, 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 no. We're having a stop. We can't get off the train. We got to stay on the train and we're headed further down the tracks toward the next stop. 
And it's not our ultimate destination, it seems like. They're changing. They're moving the target. They're moving the destination again and again and again. I just don't get it. <laughs> I mean, I, I think it, this is without a question. This is out with any question. The strangest thing I've witnessed in my entire life. I've never seen anything like it. And here we are from January of this year looking back to late January, early February a year ago. That's a year. And now we're almost eight months into this year. And we don't know very much more today than we knew a year ago about COVID-19 and all of the things to do with it. Why is that? We have more technology. We have more information. There's far more laboratory testing that's been done on everything to do with COVID-19, not just here, but around the world. In a normal medical situation, folks, we've got our arms completely around all of this a long time ago, and we're way out of the weeds by this point. But that doesn't seem to be the case today. I wonder why. Why is that? Purposeful hiding the facts, pouring gasoline on fear and making it more intense, more encompassing, and scaring us all to death to keep us from being able to make good, clear, concise, educated, intellectual decisions, replacing those choices with emotion, which is always dangerous. So, did all this begin in the Wuhan lab? The Wuhan Institute of Virology lab in China? All fingers point there, have pointed there for months and months and months. And of course, we were told for months and months and months, this thing was never created. It was from nature. It naturally existed and it morphed and it jumped from animals to humans. We're finding out every day more and more that is BS. That is not the truth. Those aren't the facts. The reality is, is that it was manipulated. mRNA is manipulated. And uh, I'm not sure. I think those whoever did it, the reason, um, the reason there's so much consternation, uh, consternation among experts now is because it's getting out of hand. I don't think maybe they thought it would go this way, this far, this quick. And so let's do the Sakiism here and circle back. Let's go back to Wuhan. So yesterday. Some news, COVID news, slipped out of Wuhan, China. So after they first emerged out of their lockdowns and announced its first local infections in more than a year, authorities in Wuhan stated yesterday they're going to test the entire population for COVID-19. Now, that sounds like no big deal. Do you have any clue how big the city of Wuhan is? It's bigger than New York City. It's as big as New York and Chicago put together. Can you believe that? At a press conference, Senator Senior Wuhan official Lee Tao said the city of 20 million people is swiftly launching comprehensive nucleic acid testing of all residents. 
The city had not recorded any locally transmitted infections in a year before Monday of this week. In the aftermath of the country's worst coronavirus epidemic in months, China has restored their severe restrictions. You think ours were, folks? Theirs are far worse, forcing citizens in some places to stay at home, and they're ramping up their testing. In eastern China, city of Yangzhou, was the latest to issue a stay-at-home order after large-scale testing showed 40 new infections in one day. City government announced Tuesday that the more than 1.3 million residents of Yangzhou's urban center are now confined to their homes. Each household authorized to send only one person outside every day to shop for their necessities. The tourist destinations in central China's Wuhan province issued similar orders to more than 2 million visitors in recent days. It's not just here, folks. It's not just here. It's happening around the world. So I think the question that I had to ask at the end of Kelly Nelson sharing with us this morning, and I'll talk to her on the phone later, and I'll ask her this, what, what's next? What's going to happen next? What are they, whoever they are, the PTB, powers to be, what are they going to do? I got to be honest with you. The only thing I see in the future coming from this politically at any level is more and more lockdowns, more and more demand for different things, not asking, requesting, advising. They're going to fast in a rapid pace, get us right into demands. You got to do this. And they're going to force Americans to make decisions based solely on the demands of government rather than on the knowledge, the information that we get. And it's already started. A group of 19 Democrats in the House of Representatives is calling on the Capitol physician to start mandating that lawmakers and staff on Capitol Hill be vaccinated or be subject to testing at least twice a week. They wrote a letter, all of them signed it, 19 of them, to the Capitol doctor. The Democratic lawmakers in that letter argued that unique factors such as the frequent travel among members of Congress who hail from all corners of the country make people who work there in the Capitol complex makes them more at risk of exposure to COVID. In addition to being members of Congress who walk these halls and rely on your guidance to keep our workplace safe, We are also the managers of teams of dedicated staff members, some of whom are immunocompromised or have other health issues that leave them extraordinarily vulnerable to COVID-19. We feel the utmost responsibility to prioritize the safety of our staff, just as any employer should feel towards those who report to them. This is from the Democrats led by Representative Emanuel Cleaver of Missouri, and he wrote the letter to Brian Monahan the attending physician in the Capitol. It continued, to prevent the spread of COVID, Capitol Hill must do everything possible to lead by example and ensure the safety of our own workforce. Democrats also added that vaccine exemptions could be granted to people due to religious beliefs or health conditions that prevent them from taking it as long as those individuals are tested for the virus regularly. In these cases, or cases in which Some people are unable to or choose not to share proof of vaccination. 
We believe it is reasonable to institute regular testing requirements of at least twice a week. All Democrats in the House and the Senate have publicly confirmed they are vaccinated. Now, that's according to a recent CNN survey. But in a reflection of the largely Republican-leaning parts of the country with low vaccine uptake, nearly half of House Republicans have declined to say if they are vaccinated or have openly confirmed that they have no intention of getting the vaccine. The Capitol physician reinstated a mask mandate on the House side of the complex last week, and that came in the middle of the spread of the Delta variant and a handful of breakthrough cases among fully vaccinated lawmakers and staff. The return of this mask requirement, boy, it drew some pushback from Republicans who questioned why it's being reinstated on the House side, but that masks were still only recommended in the Senate. All but four senators are vaccinated, according to this CNN survey. Several Republicans refused to comply with the mask thing on the House floor last week. At least one GOP lawmaker, Representative Mary Miller of Illinois, she was issued a $500 fine by the House Sergeant-at-Arms for flouting the Pelosi rules. Lindsey Graham on Monday said he tested positive for the coronavirus. He was vaccinated and he urged others to do so, saying he believed his case was less severe because of his vaccination. Now, put that in context. Here's Lindsey Graham, strong, very powerful Republican senator from South Carolina. Now, he's very vocal about everything, pro and con. It doesn't matter what it is. He is very, very conservative. In many ways, he is. In some ways, he's not. I mean, he's actually voting, or has said he's going to vote for this crazy infrastructure debacle that the Democrat Party are trying to shove down Americans' throats. But putting that to the side, here's Lindsey Graham. Now, here he is. We're, what, 15 months, 16 months into the pandemic. We're into coronavirus. We know everything about it. We know about vaccines. We see all the numbers. Lindsey Graham, probably his justification for voluntarily taking the vaccination was it can't hurt. And I know because the experts are telling me if I take it, I won't get COVID. And so he took the shot as have millions of others, hundreds of thousands of who are testing positive for COVID after the fact. Now this shouldn't shock anybody folks in the nineties or the first decade of this this century or the second decade, have you ever taken the flu vaccine either orally or in a shot? I'm sure you have it one time or another. They push them hard every year. And you know, sometimes they don't work. I got to be honest with you. We don't know factually that they don't ever work. But there are tons of people who get the vaccination for flu every year that have gotten sick, some many times, even after they take the shots. Some people have actually died that have taken the shots. Nobody's talking about that. COVID-19, it's the 900-pound gorilla in this virus world. We only want to think about it. Now let's circle back to Lindsey Graham. 
he encouraged others to take the vaccination, saying he believed his case was less severe because of his vaccination. Now, he's not a physician. He's not an MD. He's not a doctor. He didn't obviously talk to a doctor. He's trying to appear, in my opinion, to be politically correct. Oh, I'm going to encourage everybody to go ahead and take the jab. If I hadn't taken the jab, oh, I'm positive this thing would have been worse than it really is. That is not factual. That is political hackery on the part of Senator Graham. We were told, first of all, hey, we're going to lock down for two weeks. Two weeks. That's all we're going to, it's all it's going to take. We're going to kill this, this virus in two weeks. We'll get back to normal. You remember that? <laughs> it was way, 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 way longer than two weeks, and we did not kill the virus, did we? Well, of course, then it's if you wear a mask. You're not going to get the virus, and you're not going to transmit the virus. And we find out from quote-unquote real experts, there's not a cloth mask made anywhere on planet Earth that will stop COVID-19 molecules from getting through. There's not one. Thirteen very seriously controlled laboratory analyses of every mask in the marketplace from the last five years. We have them. We've published the results of them. There's only one mask in production anywhere on earth today that has any chance of stopping COVID-19 transmission. N95 mask. But yet now in my state, the governor has mandated indoors and outdoors, everybody wears a mask. Just grab that cloth mask. Uh, well, if it doesn't do any good medically, why would you wear it? Well, you're going to make grandma not be so fearful when she walks up and in the grocery store, she's pushing her buggy and she sees you walking at her and you don't wear a mask. She'll be horrified that you're going to kill her with your COVID. Can you believe we're changing the world over stuff like this? We're locking down, we're unemploying people, we're putting people out of work. We're spending trillions of taxpayer dollars that we don't have. Our government is telling us you got to get vaccinated. Our employers, big ones, are telling us nationwide, you want to work for us? you got to get a vaccine. Oh, by the way, it's not going to work all the time. It, we just think it's going to work most of the time. What's in it? Well, we're not sure. We know a little bit of what's in it. Well, what are the laboratory, independent laboratory testing that are taking these vaccines and putting them under a microscope and analyzing them and publishing the findings? What do those say? There's none been done. The CDC, the FDA, refused to let anybody have a clear sample of a molecule of COVID-19 for research purposes. Why do you think that would be? And then we hear things like um, we're hearing today, stories about real professionals that have tremendous histories of success in all different kinds of areas of the healthcare industry, decorated, long-term. Dr. McCullough, the number one cardiologist recognized by everybody in that business to be the number one guy on planet Earth and his boss 
is suing him because he's telling a story that's a little bit different than the company line. But his story, not like Dr. Fauci does, Dr. McCulloch's stories that he's telling, the bad news about vaccines, it's different from the story that that other political faux expert, Anthony Fauci, tells us. And because of the differing stories, who's going to win the day? Who's going to get uh, picked up in television and radio and newspapers and what they say touted to be the absolute truth? Who's going to get that? You know who. It's going to be the politically connected guy. It's going to be Dr. Anthony Fauci. It's not going to be Dr. McCullough. And so there are a lot of people that believe Fauci. I did in the very beginning, folks. But when someone lies again and again and again, we call that pathological. It's just part of who they are. It's built into their fibers. When do you know what they say would ever not be a lie? Real Truth, Real News, TNN, The Truth News Network. Dear Daddy, Dear Mom, I love you. I miss you. Every year, Snowball Express honors the children of fallen soldiers. Hi, everybody. I'm Tony Orlando. Join me in proudly supporting Snowball Express, a nonprofit that creates opportunities to help heal the children of our fallen heroes. We can never repay the sacrifice our soldiers have made, but we can honor them by giving back to their children. Donate now at snowballexpress.org. Northern Tool and Equipment. My girlfriend has given me a pet name. I'm afraid to ask. Snuggle Muffin. No, it isn't. And she uses it in public. Okay, so give your girlfriend a pet name she'll hate, like uh, Thunder Chunky. I couldn't do that. I see. Too harsh for Snuggle Muffin. Okay. Drown her out with a 200-mile-per-hour cordless leaf blower. Got it. Here she comes. Hey, Snuggle Muffin. What are you doing, Snuggle... Snuggle... So, out of here. Wait, come back, Thunder Chunky. There's no problem a little horsepower can't solve. Northern Tool and Equipment. Telling the truth, the mainstream media doesn't want you to hear. Dan Newman, TNN, The Truth News Network. Again, here's Dan. Boy, these two hours fly by. We got a couple of more tidbits regarding COVID we want to make sure you understand, and then we're going to change the subject for the last quarter of an hour, former Assistant Secretary for Homeland Security under President Obama, Juliette Kayyem, called Tuesday for the Biden administration to restrict the unvaccinated from flying by placing them on, guess what, a no-fly list. (laughs) Just another sample of tyranny, folks. She claimed that a no-fly list for unvaccinated adults is an obvious step the federal government should take due to TSA PreCheck, which divides passengers into categories according to how much of a threat the government thinks they pose. Think about that. They want to put a title. They want to put the, uh, the red letter U on your forehead, which stands for unvaccinated. The headline for the piece this came in, 
stated bluntly, unvaccinated people belong on the no-fly list. The headline is in the Atlantic, since been changed to a more ambiguous sentence. Unvaccinated people need to bear the burden. Her saying that, it is identical to totalitarianism throughout history and the way leaders do it. It very seldom, they don't just walk in one day and say, hey, we're now officially a totalitarian Marxist, communist, whatever you want to call it, one of those isms. We're one of those places, and here's what we do. You have no rights. We just took them all from you. That never happens like that. It's conditioning over a period of time. It's a slippery slope that people that are tyrannical in their thinking, they know they can't do it at one time or try to do it at one time and make it work. They have to push you down a slippery slope and convince you, oh, this level right here, it's okay. There may be a little temporary... uh, uncomfort for you, discomfort for you, but it's all going to be cool. And then they push you down a little lower and push you down a little lower. And before you know it, you're under siege. Your government is controlling every segment of your life. If this doesn't scare you folks, nothing will. So what about old Fauci? What's the latest from the doc? You're not hearing him as much as you used to on national television. Um, He did a series of these talk shows on Sunday where he went and made appearances and talked about his latest conspiracy of the day. Well, just one day after saying he expected COVID cases to fall, he did. He said that. One day after that, the nation's top infectious disease expert now says... He's afraid of a new vaccine-resistant coronavirus variant could emerge during the fall. Now, this was in a conversation with the Center for Strategic and International Studies on Tuesday of this week. Dr. Fauci said the U.S. is on track to see cases rise like they did in the U.K. before they declined sharply. The country was reporting at the time its daily cases fell to a five-week low after peaking about 54,000 a day in mid-July. Since an acceleration of vaccines doesn't give a result until several weeks after, he explained, we are already on a trajectory that looks strikingly similar to the sharp incline that the UK saw. He also, Fauci, predicted that the U.S. would see as many as 200,000 cases a day before infections begin to decline. Remember, we went from an average of about 12 to 15,000 cases a day, then to 20, then to 30, 40, 50, 60. We're up to 70,000 new cases a day, he said. We're going to be between 100 and 200,000 cases before this thing starts to turn around. But just one day later, the doctor said the situation may just get worse. Yesterday, Fauci said so many variants have emerged during the pandemic, he fears a strain more serious than the Indian Delta variant could be. And that's on our horizon. He also predicted the nation is in trouble if more Americans do not get vaccinated 
and he predicted that daily cases could double to over 200,000 a day in the next few weeks. The next few weeks, folks. So it's true, the vaccine rollout is beginning to tick upwards due to fears about the infectiousness of the Indian Delta variant after months of slow progress. Much of the country is still vulnerable. What we're seeing because of this increase in transmissibility, he said, and because we have about 93 million people who are eligible to get vaccinated who won't get vaccinated, that you have a significant pool of vulnerable people. And so when you look at the curve of acceleration of seven-day averages of cases a day, it's going up in a very steep fashion. Cases have been surging in the U.S. over the last month. On Wednesday, yesterday, 106,557 new cases of coronavirus with a seven-day rolling average of 90,000. This is a 283% increase from the 23,000 recorded three weeks ago and the highest average since Valentine's Day. That's according to John Hopkins. Folks, there's no doubt about it. Numbers are going up, and uh, if you don't get infected with COVID, you don't become a number of infections that they're reporting about, then you're not ever going to be one of those that dies. And if you get it, there's a greater chance that you're going to succumb to it than if you didn't get it at all. That doesn't even really sound realistic to say, folks, but that's a fact. And they're ignoring that. They're ignoring the fact that looking at Texas and looking at Florida, the two states that they point out are the ones that are killing people because they're they're not masking up, they're not locking down, they're not social distancing, and they're not pushing and even talking about forcing people to get vaccinated. Because of that, we're going to see them, people in Florida and Texas, die in droves. It's not happening. In fact, the death rate is way lower than it was a year ago, even though the infections are way higher. But talking about that doesn't fit their storyline. So how do they handle that? They just won't talk about it. (laughs) They won't talk about it. Let's, before we get away, let's go to Congress. Have you heard the name Representative Nancy Mace? She's a Republican in the House of Representatives. She's from Lindsey Graham State, South Carolina. She's relatively new in Congress. And she serves on one of the committees that uh, are having hearings. And they had a hearing the other day with some of those Texas state legislators that fled, those in the Senate that fled the state. You know, they chartered the jet and flew up there to get away from voting on re um, a, a bill about changing the requirements for voting in the state of Texas because they didn't agree with it. So one of these state representatives is sitting before this committee and Representative Nancy Mace is going to address with her the specifics of her thoughts and feelings on the parts of the bill that they're opposing. So listen to this back and forth between the representative from Texas and Nancy Mace. Congressperson from South Carolina. Coming from South Carolina, we've got we've got voter ID. 
Um, and uh, I'm assuming taxes are the same way. Do y'all, do y'all need IDs to buy alcohol when you're purchasing at the store? Yes, if you, uh, to be sure that you are capable of doing that. Right. Do you need an ID in Texas to buy cigarettes? You can't buy them unless you're tw at least 21. But do you have to show an ID to buy cigarettes? You do have to show an ID. Um, do you need an ID when you're getting a job and trying to get on payroll in Texas? Yes. Do you need an ID to uh, go to the pharmacy and get a prescription in Texas? It depends on the prescription. But do you need an ID for some prescriptions yes, in Texas? Do. Yes. Um, do you need an ID to uh, get Social Security services in Texas? You do. Do you need an ID uh, to rent an apartment in Texas? Yes. Do you need an ID if you're going to buy a house uh, and finance it via a mortgage in Texas? Yes. Um, do you need an ID in Texas if you're going to board an aircraft and fly commercial? Yes. Did you fly commercial or fly a private jet on the way to D.C.? A chartered plane. Do you have to show an ID when you fly in a private charter jet? Yes. I wouldn't know. I've never, I've never flown on one. Um, so, did you, did you need an ID to get in the building here today? Yes. Um, do you need an ID in Texas to open a bank account? Yes. To ca yeah, to cash your check if you're working. Do you know, Representative Thompson, um, how many, what percentage of blacks in Texas, black and brown African Americans are registered to vote? Oh, a huge percentage. 70%. Uh, Do you yes. know what percentage of African Americans, black and brown Texans, uh, have voted um, on average or in the last election? About 64%. Correct. Uh, do you know how many uh, whites are registered to vote in Texas? Far more than African Americans. 72%. You have 70% uh, of blacks in Texas who are registered to vote. You have 72% of whites in Texas who are registered to vote. Do you know the percentage of whites who turned out to vote in recent elections? I want to say over 50-some percent. So, uh, 65%. Yeah. Um, do you know what percentage of Hispanics are registered to vote in Texas? No, I do not. 63%. Do you know what percentage of Hispanics voted in the last election? I think it was over 40%. 53%. Mm -hmm. Uh, Hispanics are, are, are not voting in as high a numbers as blacks and whites in Texas. Do you know uh, the percentage of Democrats that support voter ID? Would you repeat your question? Do you know the number or percentage of Democrats who support voter ID in this country? I do not, but I don't think it's a whole lot. 72%. Okay. Do you know the number of black and brown and African Americans in this country who support voter ID? No. 75%. Do you know the number of Hispanics that support voter ID in this country? No. 81%. Do you know where the state of Texas is ranked uh, with black voter turnout in this country? With black voters turnout? Mm -hmm. Do you know where, where Texas is ranked? Oh, 40, about, uh, 44%. The latest numbers that I read this morning was that Texas is ranked 10th. Do you know where Texas is ranked? So then top 10 in the country. Do you know where Texas is ranked with women voters? Oh, way up in the 50s. In the bottom third of this country. So I would argue that we have a, Texas has a more difficult problem with getting women out to vote than black and brown and African Americans. Thank you, and I yield back. I got to be honest with you. I've never heard a better argument for the requirement for voter ID than what we just heard there 
a person who believes in voter ID talking to a person who doesn't believe in voter ID and bringing up specific examples that illustrate the lunacy of this fight, this war, this battle against having to identify who you are to do the most precious thing that American citizens do, which is to vote. Thank you so much for being here today. Wasn't it a great visit with Kelly Nelson, our contributing writer? You finally heard her voice, heard what she had to say. She's going to give us the links that she talked about in the first part of that interview. And later today, we'll post them on our website so you'll be able to come access them. And if you haven't read her two articles, part one and two, that were published earlier this week, do so. You'll find all kinds of source hyperlinks in her stories. You can click on those and go get a lot of facts. And that's what we all need. We need facts, folks. We don't need partisan positions touted to us all the time. Just give us the facts. If you want her interview, if you want the entire interview, it will also be up later today. But you can always go get our podcast in its entirety on Spotify Podcast, also Apple Podcast. Every show, every TNN Live show is up there posted. Until tomorrow, you have a great day. And thanks again for being part of TNN Live. Now more than ever, you need the truth. Real news. Real truth. TNN. The Truth News Network.